Hello, everybody. This is S. Anthony Thomas, and this is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. Uh, this is episode number 149. Thank you very, very much for sticking with me. I don't know why. Okay, I do know why. I'm incredible. <laughs> yes, I am. Shut up. But I want to say thank you very, very, very much. Uh, number 150 is next, obviously, because that's how numbers work. And I want to say thank you very much. This well, this episode is recorded in a lot of different locations, under a lot of different lo- uh, conditions, with a lot of different people's equipment, because I'm doing something that I can't talk to you guys about, but everybody will know about it when I'm finished, you bastards. So uh, I want to thank you very, very much. I want to let you know that I appreciate everything that you do, you bastards. And I hope you enjoy this episode of the Yes, Anthony Says podcast, because I loved recording it. Yes, I did. Okay, folks, get to get it on and get to. You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says podcast, starring S. Anthony Thomas. (laughs) You lucky bastards. All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. Go! Okay, folks, I am actually in the car right now, and uh, uh, like I said, I'm not home right now. I'm in the car uh, recording this. I got I got the lav mic on and, and the uh, portable recorder with me, and I, I, I'm getting tired of hearing people's dumbass excuses for doing dumb things. You know, build, there's so many built-in excuses, and these phrases that we use, they just come out of they come out of our mouths, and we give ourselves excuses to do dumb things. I can't take it anymore. I don't want to hear. If I hear another person say, you know, um, it's human nature. It's, it's he's, he's only human. It's, it's human nature that he did. It's human nature. Shut up with the human nature crap. I'm sick of that crap. Because every time somebody brings the human nature excuse out, it's, just, it's when they did something dumb and they can't figure out another way to get out of the, the dumb thing they just did. Okay? It's, hu- oh, it's human nature. I mean, well, his wife was out of town for a week. And this woman was on top. It was really attractive. And she came on. And was on, it's human nature. That he did, and human nature. Well, her husband was, you know, and, and it's human nature that she did. It's not human nature. There's a lot of things that could happen. But human nature changes over the course of time as the species becomes more, you know, intelligent. The society becomes more complex and diverse. You get you, you, you can't use the it's human nature excuse anymore. You dumb bastards. You can't do it because it's dumb to do. And it's stupid. I mean, come on. It's human nature. There's a lot of things that are human nature, but we don't allow ourselves to, you don't allow people to get away with it. You can't say that it's human. Oh, you know what else is human nature? Taking a huge dump wherever you are. Whenever you have feel the need to go to the bathroom, technically we're animals. We're the highest animal. We're the most evolved animal, the most intelligent animal, but we are still animals. We're, we're actually the animal that's so arrogant, we won't even admit that we're an animal. I actually heard a guy saying, I ain't no damn animal, I'm a human being. Let me ask you a question, jackass. What is an animal anyway? Look up the definition of an animal. And if you don't think the human being is an animal, you, sir, are a jackass. It's the arrogance of us as a species to think we're better than everyone else. Granted, that arrogance that made us think we're better than everyone else actually made us better than everyone else, meaning the other animals. But that's beside the point, because last time I checked, there are no targets that are being owned and operated by deer. They can't do it. They tried to do it, but they formed a union and the union was busted by another corporation run by lions. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Shut up. And I have nothing bad to say about the Lion Union because they could eat people and I'm a people and I don't want to be eaten. At least not like that because that's a bad way to go. Back to what I was saying and stop that human nature crap. Because like I said, if human nature is you could take a crap wherever you are, the other animals do it. Technically, that's the best idea, right? You feel the distress of having to go to the bathroom. You're standing outside. Outside is, well, outside is not you. You want the stuff that needs to come out is in you. And if it comes outside, problem solved. You got to pee. It feels bad to have to pee, especially if you have to pee really badly. Well, you'll be relieved if you pee on that tree, wouldn't you? Of course you would. You would also be relieved if you have to do number two. And you do number two on that tree because the stuff that your body is saying, I don't want that in here anymore. We took everything out of that food that we could get from the food. And now this is the stuff we don't want. In fact, it's taking up space. Get it out. (laughs) 
And that was what you would do when you go to the bathroom. You pee, you get it out. You do number two, you get it out. And if you're outside and if it's a tree there, or if there's a, you're in the middle of a shopping mall or sitting on your friend's couch during the game, why should you have to get up, right? You're already squatting. Why not just raise up a little bit and leave it on the couch? Why not just look at the day? There's a bowl on the table. It used to have guacamole in it, and now it has something else in it that used to be in you. It's human nature, right? I mean, that's what your body's saying. Your body's saying, hey, get this out. It didn't say, hey, get this out when you find a place that can be, it can be removed in the most hygienic way possible. I don't remember my genitals or my anus ever saying that. It just says, get it out. So human nature says to just get it out. But we wouldn't accept that, would we? If your friend left a huge mm-hmm on your couch or a, or a lot of mm-hmm in that bowl on your table, you'd want to kick his ass. And then after you kicked his ass, you'd say, hey, that was human nature, me kicking his ass. You'd have an excuse built in. <laughs> but that's the thing that always amazed me when we do the human nature thing. We always think that we can get away with certain things because, uh, oh, it's human nature. It's just human. It's just human nature. Come on, man. We're the smartest animal. We're the most evolved animal. We're, we are like the most, we're like a person who's a doctor or a lawyer or, or a police officer or somebody like that. Someone who's in a position of authority, that, is, that authority is lorded over other people. And if we do the right things, it's a wonderful thing. If a doctor does his or her job the right way, it's a wonderful thing because they're healing people. They're making people feel better. Yay. If you're a police officer and you're doing the right job and you're doing a good job, like I'm sure most police officers do, not, we're not going to mention the jackasses that don't do their job because we, there's enough mention of those and we need to stop that, but that's a different story. And I've already talked about that and I will probably talk about that again in a, new, in a future podcast, but it won't be in this one. Uh, back to the story. But if you're a good police person, you know, you do, you're saving people, you're helping people, you're a peace officer, you're helping people, you know? If you're in any one of those jobs where you have lots of authority over other people, you know you could do a lot of damage if you did the wrong thing, you know? So you got to make sure you don't do the wrong thing and don't use the built-in, oh, it's human nature, oh, no, you can't do that, damn it, that doesn't make sense often wondered about that though you know if uh if other animals became as evolved as we are because like i said it's their nature to take a crap wherever they are to or do whatever they're doing or to, or to just uh, eat another animal it's it's their nature but what about they started to evolve a little more you know yeah i mean if you really think about it if the animals actually gained our level of intelligence don't you think there would be some really big class action lawsuits that gazelles would file against uh, lions and things of that nature? Wouldn't that be interesting? Okay, we're now here. My client, Mr. Lion, says that you bit a hole in his buttocks cheek. And fortunately, he was able to get away. Is, is, is it not true that you planned on sinking your teeth deep into the buttocks of my client? Oh, uh, no, it is not true that I was doing that. Really? You weren't planning on killing and eating my client? Uh, no, I was actually, uh, he actually had spilled something on his ass, and I was trying to bite it off of his buttocks. I was definitely not trying to eat him. Is that so? So, let's just say for the sake of argument that one of my investigators was to go into your lion's den and to look into your computer. I did not uh, authorize that. You doesn't need to be authorized. It's a lawsuit. We've been into your computer. We've seen the menu for dinner. The night of the ass biting. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I, I, that was just general research. It was general research. Really, 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 really. So I guess this file called Go Down to the Watering Hole and Bite a Gazelle on the Ass, Kill Him and Eat Him had nothing to do with what happened to my client. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I think my son was looking up something for a paper. You have no children. I mean, you had children, and then you realized they were fathered by another lion, and then you, in fact, ate them. Nice try. Your Honor, please instruct the damn lion to tell the truth. I really am upset by the fact that the, the, the judge is also a gazelle. I do not think this is fair. In fact, I, I'm actually going to leave the stand. You will not leave the stand. You will stay right up there. 
And don't try to intimidate my client by pointing to his ass, pointing to your mouth and making biting movements. That is not fair, you bastard. Your Honor, I don't even think this needs to go to the jury. Actually, I would like it to go to the jury because the jury is a bunch of gazelles with their ass cheek bitten off by other lions. I think that we, even if it does go to the jury of half butt cheek gazelles, that this lion's gonna get, gonna get, have to pay up or go to jail. I would like to say this is complete bullshit. How are you gonna try to try me for biting gazelle's ass when the damn judge is a gazelle? And the damn jury is a bunch of gazelles. This is a bullshit. This is a kangaroo court. This is not a kangaroo court. We tried you in a kangaroo court and then you ate all of them, which is why you got off on the case because you ate everybody. That's why these gazelles are behind the gates. You can't bite them, you sick bastard. And stop looking at me like you're going to bite me because it's not going to happen. Okay, that's ridiculous. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just saying, come on, man. You know, let's not stop doing the whole human nature thing. Human nature is good, too. And I think human nature is mostly good. Because if it wasn't mostly good, things would be even more jacked up, destroyed, and messed up as they are right now. That's why there's still, I think there's still good in us because we are still outraged when we see horrible things. We're still outraged when we see things in the news. Social media will explode when somebody does something horrible. And in many cases, when we actually come together and go after the bastards, we knock them down. So human nature is pretty good, but it's also lazy. Because <laughs> we do get helping other people fatigue, right? You know that's the case. We get helping other people fatigue. I would love to help you. This is We, we must help these people. They're, they're, they're starving. They're hungry. They're out, and they had a tragedy. The building blow blow up, and we're now housing them in our places, and, we just, and the thing happened. Some bad stuff happened, and now we're helping, and then two weeks later. I mean, I mean that was a long time ago when a dude's house was on fire. I mean, you know, I mean. I mean, he, I mean, you know, I mean, shit. I mean, I don't know why he's still, I mean, damn, you know, two weeks is a long time, you know what I'm saying? Damn. I mean, how much, I mean, the guy, I mean, I mean, the guy is in my house, you know what I'm saying, which was cool two weeks ago, but now, I mean, it's like, I mean, how much milk does a dude have to drink, man? And then they go in the bathroom, take all this time. I mean, I know he's got to heal his wounds and put the salve on the burns and everything, but you can put salve on burns in the living room. You ain't got to be in the bathroom for three hours. I mean, I mean, come on, man, would you? You know what I mean? I'm like, damn, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's going to use the aspirin. He didn't even replace the damn aspirin. Yeah, I know you're in pain, but shit. You know, you got a job again, you know? Just because you're in pain doesn't mean you can't put, you can't replace the damn aspirin. You know, and I let the, the guy use my car. Last time I checked, when I put the car in front of the house, the damn gas tank was full. Now this burnt arm bastard is now out there sucking down my damn aspirin spending too much time in the damn bathroom and bringing the car back with a quarter tank of gas i know how many miles my car can get on a full tank of gas what the hell is he doing with all of that what's he doing driving around what's he doing i mean come on man i mean i want to help but damn you know what i'm saying i mean how many times you have to go and visit your daughter in the intensive care unit she ain't going no place why you got to go there every day you know shoot you got a smartphone just you know they give you a smartphone when they, when, they, when, they, when they put you in the shelter, okay? And they gave her a smartphone, too. You know, it's one of them old ones, but it still works. She just have one of the nurses Google Plus her in, and then you could just look at her. I mean, come on, man. She can still see you. You got to drive there every day. I mean, come on, man. That's all I'm saying. So I'm going to turn around people trying to take advantage of everybody. Taking advantage of people, man. Going, I guess that's human nature. <laughs> Segment over. All right, folks, I'm in the car again. We're in the lav mic, not home yet, recording this on the road, and it's raining outside, and there's a whole lot of jackasses here who don't understand the concept of hydroplaning. Let me tell you something, people. There's a layer of water between your tires and the street, and if you're going too fast, you're not going to be able to brake with the same accuracy that you would have you've been able to use the brakes without the water 
on the street. So if you're much, if you were jackass driving too fast, like the jackass in front of me and the jackass behind me, please make note of the fact that you're not going to be able to brake as effectively without a dry street. And that has been the S. Anthony Thomas PSA for jackasses. <laughs> okay, let me let me let me talk to you about something I wanted to talk about. Uh, and this is this is pretty interesting because a lot of times people ask me. Uh, about you know stand-up questions and live performing questions and things of that nature, and one of the things I, I noticed, and this one of the, I, I kind of picked up on it earlier as a young person was, you kind of got to ask the extra question. You know, sometimes people will will suggest things to you and they'll have an ulterior motive, and you don't know what the ulterior motive is. But the mo, but the but the sign of the ulterior motive is sitting there in the first place. It's sitting there right in front of you. It's standing in front of you, waving the same way a little kid waves in front of you when they want another piece of cake. When you told them they can't have another piece of cake, you know what I'm saying. You're watching television. Uncle S. Uncle S. Uncle S. Uncle S. Uncle S. What is it? I want another piece of cake. Your mother said you can't have any more cake. Uncle S. Uncle S. Uncle S. Uncle S. Your mother said you can't have another piece of cake uncle s uncle s listen kid i know that you normally annoy other relatives and they give in and give you the cake but you see i'm not giving you the cake because as annoying as you are your mother's going to be even more annoying to me if i give you the cake so shut up Uncle S, Uncle S, and then I ignore the bastard, and eventually he gets tired and falls asleep in front of the television, and he's all cakeless. Ha <laughs> ha I win, punk. Okay, well, why did I go there? Anyway, <laughs> but sometimes people will literally, the, 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 there will be a sign that there's something going on there, and you got to pay close attention, because if you don't pay close attention, you will wind up having a problem. And uh, here's what I'm talking about. This was years ago when I was a young performer. And, uh, and, and what happened was back in the day, there was, the, there was a lot of comedy clubs. There's still a lot of comedy clubs, but there were a lot more comedy clubs then because there were comedy clubs that sucked and were trying to milk on the comedy club craze. And so what happened was at the time, there would be actually just bars, like decent looking bars and sometimes just regular corner bars that would have comedy shows in the bar. And usually those gigs paid 75 bucks or 150 bucks. And usually to get the 150 bucks, either you were doing the show all by yourself or people liked you and wanted you to come back. So they were giving you, they were doubling your money up for that. So basically the outside gig, the outside money, the top money usually was about 150 bucks. If you went any more than that, people were coming specifically to see you or you had a relationship with the bar or there was one of those bars that had a really, it had a bigger budget. And quite frankly, proportionally, that would be the same as getting the money, the other money from the other bars. Okay. So the bars in this particular location, usually it was 75 bucks to 150 bucks maximum. So you knew what you were pretty much knew what you were going to get paid. Basically, you're getting 75 to about 100 bucks. So a guy calls me and I thought I was going to be going someplace else just to hang out with some friends. And he calls up the house and he asked for me by name and I didn't know who he was. But he mentioned the bar and I knew the bar. And well, I didn't know the bar, but I knew the area. And he wouldn't say the name of the bar, but he gave me the address and I was like, I don't give a crap. And then he told me how much the gig was paying. And keep in mind what I just told you what the range normally is. Now, this is a long time ago. And he said it pays $450. And I said, I'll take it. <laughs> right? And that's what I was thinking, because like I said, normally it's 75 bucks at the most. Say for the sake of argument, a place that had been a bunch of times and I'm a very young man at the time and it paid 150. So I'm figuring what? Then I started to think about it and I went, wait a second. If the top money in this area is usually 150 bucks, what's the other $300 for? What's going on? So I go to the bar. And I look inside, and now I know what the other 300 bucks is for. Basically, that 300 bucks was a pre-apology. 
because he knew what a hellhole this place was. The reason he didn't give me the address was because it was a place notoriously known for being full of complete assholes who hate everybody. And I walk into the place and quite, you know, if you're ever going into a bar or a place and you, you got that bad feeling, you know, the only thing missing was really bad 80s ominous, you know, action music when you know something bad was about to happen. Hey, is there a John Frank here? Boom, 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 And then all of a sudden the pool cue comes in the frame and cracks the guy over the head and he wakes up and there's six bikers standing over him and he's duct taped on the floor and they're all holding blow torches going, you shouldn't have come in here asking questions, buddy. And then all of a sudden you cut to the next scene and it's the guy's partner and it's the first 20 minutes of the movie because Quite frankly, the only reason that guy existed in the movie was to get killed so the star of the movie could get pissed off and beat the shit out of people for an hour and a half until the movie goes over. Well, that's what that place was like when I walked in, except the only difference was it was worse than that. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm telling you this place was horrible. I know people that went to prison. I know people that did horrible things. They weren't friends of mine, but I knew who they were. They weren't friends of mine, and I would never hang out with them. They weren't friends of mine. They knew me by first name because we grew up in the same neighborhood, but they also knew that if they'd noticed, every time we had a conversation, I never actually stopped walking because those bastards were crazy. That's how crazy some of those people were. And guess what? None of them was in the barn at this particular place. Why? Because that place was too crazy even for those bastards and I'm here and I want the money and I'm looking around and I'm not sure whether or not the stuff that's on the wall is ketchup or victim remnants I don't know but all I know is I'm now in the place and why are they locking the door behind me this is not going to be good <laughs> so so they put the first act on stage and the guy goes on stage. This guy from this place and this is he's done this and this is his name and he opens his mouth. And now I know why the red stuff is on the wall, because the people in the audience apparently like to throw full bottles of ketchup at people. And that's what it was on the wall. Now, granted, I was relieved it wasn't blood and brain matter, but quite frankly, a projectile of a full bottle of ketchup launched at your head will leave that on the wall. First guy sees the bottle of ketchup, ducks, and runs out the door. Well, he tried to run out the door. He ran to the door, but it was already locked. He does 30 seconds on stage. If you're counting him walking to the stage, ducking for his life, saying, fuck you people, and running off the stage. That's the first guy. Second guy goes on stage. Ha <laughs> ha, just kidding. No, he didn't. <laughs> and here's the thing. Uh, they didn't actually perform, so they didn't get paid. So basically they went on stage and had tomato ketchup thrown at them f for nothing. So I go up there and I walk on the stage and they're looking at me and they're already warming up their ketchup throwing arms, the bastards. And I look out at them and I said, listen, I didn't order ketchup, dickheads. I like mustard. And they start laughing because I basically broke the ice by calling them bastards and telling them I don't like ketchup. I was basically saying, I don't, I'm not afraid of you people, which essentially was me really, really lying my ass off because I was thought I was going to die. So I start to go into the regular act and I'm going, I'm going to see if these jackasses will actually let me do some of my regular act, just the regular act I had at the time. So I do the first joke. They laugh at it. I do the second joke. They laugh at it. I do a character. They laugh at it. And each time they're laughing harder. And now, 15 minutes in, they're, perform they're actually behaving the same way a audience member would behave at a comedy club. You know, not killing me. So I do an hour and 25, no, it's actually an hour and 30 minutes. Because the first two guys did nothing. 
and I get a standing ovation from a room full of murderers. <laughs> right? Not realizing that the, the energy level that I had on the stage at that particular time was so high because I had the fight or flight adrenaline running through my body. Because quite frankly, in those particular situations, the simple fact that they hated the other people before they actually had an opportunity to do something and absolutely loved me meant nothing to me because I know they're fickle and I could have said the wrong thing to the wrong person and they could have went and gotten a whole big box of ketchup and dumped it on my head or, you know, shot and stabbed me. So I do the hour and a half set and the other guys are basically peeing on themselves almost literally because they're going at any, they think just like I'm thinking at any point in time, I could say the wrong thing and these crazy sick bastards could flip out and beat my ass. So I walk off the stage and the owner's looking at me like, what the hell was that? He's smiling, but he couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was there and I couldn't believe it. And I'm looking at the door like, please unlock the door. All I got to do is sneeze the wrong way. And the same 300 drunk murderers could decide that they don't like me anymore. So I get the money. And as it turns out, it's more money because he gave me the money I was supposed to be given plus the other two dudes money. And I found out what the other two guys were going to make. And I gave them the money that they would have made but that they didn't get a chance to earn, which, of course, makes me the nicest guy in the world. But what am I going to do? Take the fucking money? Come on, I'm not going to do that shit. I'm not a jackass. So, of course, I immediately look at the door and I run. The, well, I didn't run the hell out. I walked the hell out. Why? Because I wanted to get the hell out. But that's the thing. That's the thing I was trying to get to. And the point I'm trying to make was the simple fact that this guy knew they threw ketchup because, like I said, the wall was literally covered in ketchup. They had thrown ketchup before. And many times they had thrown ketchup at the DJ who was playing a little bit of music. And I don't know why that jackass took the job. These guys were known for throwing ketchup bottles, full ketchup bottles in many occasions. And I'm sitting there going, why do you keep buying ketchup bottles? If you know the audience members are throwing ketchup bottles and full ketchup bottles at people, how about this? Give them some ketchup packets. The last time I checked, no one has ever been killed by having a ketchup packet thrown at them, you dumb bastards, you sick, sick bastards. Get them some ketchup packets, you dumb bastards. And oh, maybe even get them the ketchup squeeze bottle. Would that hurt if it busted you in the head? Sure. It would be a little embarrassing. You'd get some ketchup across your face, but it wouldn't crack your head open. But the best way would be ketchup packets or put the ketchup on it for you bastards but they didn't do that they gave them the ketchup bottles and i think that's dumb but the point i'm trying to make is sometimes people will let you know that something's wrong in the beginning they know something's wrong and they already are pre-apologizing either in this particular case by giving you 300 extra bucks for a gig that shouldn't cost that much. He was pre-apologizing either that or he was prepaying for the damn ambulance ride because that's what ambulance rides cost back then. That sick, sick bastard. But you've been pre-apologized before. You know what it's like when a spouse pre-apologizes for you, when your wife does some stuff for you that she only lets you do on your birthday. You know that thing you want to do with her that she says, no, maybe on your birthday you can do that. And then she does that when you didn't even ask her to do that. And you're going, what did you do? Or what do you want? Or when your husband comes back, with, he actually remembers the kind of flowers you really like or actually starts listening to one of your stories about what happened at work when you know he couldn't care less about that crap or when your mother calls and he actually talks to her on the phone without making the face that a person would make if his balls were sitting in a boiling hot cup of water yeah that's right you know why he's making that not making those faces because he's trying to be nice to you because he's either done something or he's about to do something or he's pre-apologizing for something that's about to happen and you know what i'm talking about you sick bastard 
Many times we pre-apologize because we know that guy was pre-apologizing to me with the 300 bucks. The guy's pre-apologizing. People pre-apologize. And you have to always be looking out for the pre-apology because if there's a pre-apology, there's a need for an apology and they're about to do something and you know they're about to do something and you have to stop them from doing that something. So all I'm saying is, take the lesson of my $450 hell gig. And that's what they call gigs that suck in the comedy world. They call them hell gigs. Take the lesson of my $450 long time ago hell gig. If there's a pre-apology, that means the person knows there's a need for an apology. And if they're apologizing up front, whatever's about to happen to you is going to suck. So if they try to pre-apologize, my friends, make sure you get away from the bastards so you don't have to deal with whatever that sucker was about to pre-apologize for, those sick bastards. But as it turns out, since I didn't get cracked in the head with the damn ketchup and I actually got the bread, it, 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 was, it was good. Because that's because back then, that, 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 was, that, 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 was, that, came, that money came in real good, real handy, real good. <laughs> and also... Uh, for the next five years or so, I used to actually get upset whenever I would see ketchup. It would make me upset, and I would cry and, and, and get into the fetal position and say, Oh, God, no ketchup. Oh, God, no ketchup. Oh, God, no ketchup. And, okay, that did not happen. But I'm telling you right now, folks, watch out for the pre-apologizing. Because those sick bastards know they're about to do something or that something's about to happen. And you can't let them get away with that crap. You dig? Of course you do. Segment over. Hey, folks, let me ask you this. this. I started, I have a lot of people over at the house right now. People are kind of, you know, just kind of chilling right now, hanging out at the house. And it's really weird when you have a lot of people at the house, especially if they're staying for the holiday or if you're the middle leg of a longer trip and you have a lot of people in your house, which is the case this time, the middle leg of a longer trip for other people and they kind of stay with you for some length of time. It's really weird having a lot of people in the house with you because, you know, they're family, but they're not there all the time. So there's part of you that has a feeling as if, you know, there's a whole lot of people in my damn house. And then there's another part of you going, well, hey, family's here, you know. And when you have diff different sections of the same family sharing a house, it's kind of like Europe in a way where there's a whole bunch of countries packed on top of each other. There's a whole lot of different languages spoken. And, and if we're going to go back in a little bit of time, there's different, uh, different currencies, different types of food. Because well, all of a sudden you used to being able to go into your kitchen and just cook whenever you wanted to, leave things around whenever you wanted to. You know, you used to being able to just move around the way you wanted to. Then all of a sudden, you have more people in the house. And now, of course, they're going to cook for themselves. So they have to cook dinner. So it changes when you get to cook dinner. So you normally cook dinner at 5 o'clock. takes you about an hour. You start eating at 6. But you realize that the people who are in the house didn't really necessarily know your rules. So now they're in the kitchen cooking at 4.30 and it's going to take them an hour. So now you're going to start cooking at 5.30. So you go, you know, they'll start cook, They'll stop cooking at 5.30. I'm going to go back downstairs and do some paperwork. And you hear them leaving the kitchen and then you get ready to go upstairs. You know what? I'm going to go upstairs in a minute. I got to make this quick phone call. You make the quick phone call. You walk up the steps and you see the second sec section of your family now cooking their dinner and now it's now 5.30 to 6.30 and you're not even going to get to start cooking until 6.30 because everyone eats differently. You normally would. I mean, it's really weird because, you know, the same people would be at your house on Thanksgiving and everybody would be eating the same food. It's really weird. It's like this Thanksgiving dinner is a, is a translator. It's like everybody speaks a different language, but there's one person there that speaks a language, like say I speak seven languages and one of them is Spanish. You speak a different seven languages, but one of the languages you speak is this and you speak, but there's one person that speaks all of the languages. So we literally 
can't talk to each other without that person being there. Well, it's the same thing with Thanksgiving dinner. You eat this, you eat this, you eat this, you eat this. None of our menus are the same. We don't like the same food, but we all like turkey. And that's the only food conversation we can have. We never eat at each other's house. You go to visit your relative, you hang out for a little while. Then you go back to your house and eat the crap you like to eat. You may like cheesesteaks. He may be a vegetarian. She may like foods from different lands, but it's none of the stuff you're all going to share. And it's weird when they're all in your house at the same time. You never have enough bathrooms in the house. If you don't have one bathroom for every person in the house, you don't have enough bathrooms. I don't care how reasonable everyone is. It doesn't matter. You do not have enough bathrooms. You could be spouses. You could be spouses and you have one bathroom for your bedroom. And guess what? That's not enough bathrooms. I've lived with women before. And guess what? We had one bathroom for our bedroom and it wasn't enough bathrooms. Even though we were both basically reasonable people with, of course, me being more reasonable. <laughs> that goes without saying. I'm a delight. <laughs> Shut up. But it's not enough bathrooms, and that's just two people. And these two people, me and that lady, were nice to each other because we got it on. And you don't ever want to really get into fights with someone that you get it on with. But you don't get it on with your family. At least I don't. I don't know what you sick bastards do, but I don't. So they're there. And you're glad they're there. You know, you love these people. You want them around. When you go to see them, you're a little bit happier. It's your family. They kind of look like you. They come from the same DNA strain. Even the people in your family who were adopted have been around you so long because they were adopted when they were little children that they're just like you too. They don't necessarily look like you, but they think like you. Why? Because they've been around you and they're just as messed up in the head as your punk asses are. But it really is a different thing. It's like three societies sharing the same lands. Do you have to go to the bathroom? But I have to go to the bathroom. But you have to go to the bathroom. But I have, well, if you better hurry up in the bathroom. But I don't want to have to hurry up in the bathroom. I'm going to take my time in the bathroom. Damn it, you better hurry up in the bathroom. He won't hurry up in the bathroom. It's not our house. It's his house. But it's your house. But it's our house. But you said make yourselves at home. I want some milk. But that's my milk. Milk is milk. But you had milk. But he didn't have milk. But what about the milk? I didn't have milk. But what about your milk? But I had the milk. I bought the milk. You drank the milk. Whose milk is it? I don't know. But your family and you love each other. That's why there hasn't been any small weapons fire yet. That and the fact that I've hidden all the guns in the basement. So only I have a weapon. Okay, no one has weapons, but you get the point. <laughs> but it's really weird because if you really think about it, if you go to someone's house as a non-relative, you're on your best behavior. You go out of your way to make concessions to the people because they were nice enough, gracious enough to allow you in their home. You know, you know there are times when you need to shut up. You don't ask them dumb questions during a football game. Why? Because it's their house, and that's right. You don't bother them for a fifth beer because it's the, you're a guest in their house. You make it a point to do a courtesy flush. The courtesy flush you don't give your relatives, but you should give your relatives, you stinky butt bastards. But you don't. You don't even use those matches that they left in the bathroom. They didn't leave those matches in the bathroom because there's a bunch of people smoking in the bathroom. They left it in there for you know what, to burn up that smell that comes from your body, you stinking butt bastard. You know what I'm talking about. You know... When you go to your friend's house or another person's house, you bring your own soap. You don't take their soap and cram it into your crevices. Maybe you do, you sick bastards, but I don't. Not only do I bring my own soap, I bring my own washcloths. In fact, I brought a bucket of water from home to wash myself. Yeah, okay, I did not do that, but you get the point. But when it's your relative's house, you don't make those concessions, you sick freaks. Of course you don't. They're family. They don't mind if the bathroom smells like somebody burned dead bodies in there. What difference does it make? Your family. Okay, so you drank the last of the milk. And it really wasn't the last of the milk because there was three quarters of a gallon there and you're greedy. But it's family. It's not a problem. We share. It's family. No, I didn't put the gas in the tank. What the? It's family. Why should I do that? Why should I treat them better than I would treat people I don't like? <laughs> family needs to get out. 
But you like having your family there, don't you? I like having my family at the house. Are they huge pains in the ass? Yes, they're huge pains in the ass. Do they know, do they know, do they not know there are times when it's okay to shut the hell up and get out of my face? Of course they don't, because they don't know how to shut up, and they refuse to get out of my face. But they're family, damn it, and it doesn't matter. It's okay when the when the parents-in-law comes in. It's always comfortable to have the guy that and the lady that raised the person that you're getting it on with on a regular basis in the house. And you really want to get it on because you're used to being able to just freely get it on because you bought the damn house together and they're there. And the funny thing is those two old bastards are getting it on in the other room because they can and they don't care what you think. You're, you're not the parent, they're the parents. And if they want to bang the crap out of each other, they can do it. And because quite frankly, they make the same sounds getting up out of the bed and getting up out of a chair and walking across the room that they would make during sex. You can't tell whether or not they're just walking around regularly or tearing each other up in the bed. Why? Because they're old and everything they do hurts. They're making the same sounds. How would you know? But you're young and you're not making sounds unless something really good or something really bad's happening. And if they listen to the wall and they hear you going, Dodge, ha, ha, they know you're not having an MMA fight. They know that someone didn't break in the house and was viciously beating you. And some for some reason, the person that's viciously pistol whipping you both is making you both say, take it, take it, take it all. And she's saying, yeah, right there, big daddy. They would You would not say that to a person who broke into your house and duct taped you and smacked you around and took your stuff. And that excuse isn't going to work because I tried it. It does not work, especially if they walk in and catch you trying, catch you, you know, attempting to duct tape yourself to a chair. They're not buying it. Why are you naked and you're duct taping yourself to a chair? I said, the robbers did it. And they said, the windows haven't been broken. And then you look at your girlfriend and you say, weren't you supposed to break the window? And she says, why should we break the window? We going to break the window every time we have sex just to fool my parents. They know we've been getting it on. You've been dating me for four years. And I say I know but I don't want them thinking about it because it's gross it's almost as gross as the fact that we're both sitting here naked half duct taped to chairs as your disapproving parents look at us and they shake their fingers saying that's gross and disgusting and we knew you were getting it on you didn't have to go through all of this and then we say to them you know what I just remembered something the nanny cam was in the other room and now I can see by watching the playback you two old bastards were getting it on and they say to us wait a second you don't have children why you have a nanny cam in there and then you have to explain to them that even though you don't you you were recording yourself getting it on and the nanny cam was a lot cheaper than a, than a real camera and even though you want to record yourself banging the crap out of each other you're too cheap to buy a real camera and that that okay none of that actually happened okay yes it did happen but don't judge me you bastards just shut up and listen to the story but what i'm saying folks is when your family comes over they're huge pains in the ass but they're your family you know see with your friends your friends are, just, are close enough to you where you want them in the house and where they will come in the house but they're still just far enough away from you where they're still going to be on their best behavior for the most part but not your family, damn it. Those bastards just don't know when to shut the hell up and get out of your face. I don't know about you, but after them coming over here in the middle of their long trip to someplace else, I'm thinking about canceling Thanksgiving and Christmas because I don't want their asses back. But then again, it's their turn to bring the food, which will save me lots of money. So I changed my mind. They can come back on Thanksgiving because it's their turn to bring the food. And as big as they are, huge pains in the asses. That's how frugal I am when it comes to spending money feeding these greedy bastards. But if they come back and they don't have as, at least the equal spread to the spread I put out last Thanksgiving, if they come back here with some stuff from Baltimore, Boston market that only feeds six people and there's 25 people there, their punk asses are going to have to make the trip from their house straight to the place where they were going without the layover at the S mansion. Even though it's not a mansion, it's a small house, but it's a mansion in my mind. Stop judging me, you bastards.
<laughs> Do you have a good time when your family comes over? Even though I did that little little weird rap right now, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I do enjoy when they come over. Are they huge pains in the ass? Yes. Yes, they're huge pains in the ass. Yes, I have to take showers at 3 o'clock in the morning because there's 80 people in my house right now. Yes, I wind up driving a lot of places because nobody, everybody caught the trains and buses and they don't have their vehicles with them. I get it. It's not a problem. They're my family and I love them. And yes, they're still huge uh, pains in the ass, but I wouldn't trade them for anybody. Okay, that's not true. I would trade them for the Williams sisters, but I would have to make the stipulation that when I traded them from the, for the Williams sisters, I would be trading them straight up, meaning that if the Williams sisters were traded to me, they would not be traded to me as family members because I want to have the option of getting it on with them. I don't want them to be traded to me and then they're my sisters because then I would feel about them as sisters and then they, 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 I, would not, I would not have any desire to get it on with them. But I have a really strong desire to get it on with the Williams sisters. So if I was to trade my family away for the Williams sisters I wanted to I would want them to still be Williams sisters I wouldn't want them to be Venus and Serena Thomas because I I know I mean I would like them to be Venus and Serena Thomas meaning somehow plural marriage was legal and then I had an opportunity to marry both Williams sisters and of course regularly get it on with them and of course have lots of free tennis tickets <laughs> how did I how did I how did I go from talking about family being over at the house to my fantasy of getting it on with both Williams sisters? It doesn't matter how it happened. That's what happens on this show, damn it. You know what I'm saying. I'm weird, you're weird, we're all weird, you're kinda like my family too. Okay? How do I know that? Because I love you bastards as well. And sometimes when you judge me like I know some of y'all are, you're huge pains in the asses. But I wouldn't trade you away. Not for nothing unless it was the Williams sisters because if I got the Williams sisters I'd have to get rid of all of your punk asses because I really love their non-punk asses oh yeah Williams sisters yum 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 segment over okay weirdos this is Mr. Thomas as if you don't know damn it you know who you're listening to you know what I want to talk to you about this segment and uh, people who get to engage you in conversations and you really don't want to talk to them, <laughs> right? Cause, and I'm not talking about people that, you know, some random person on the street who's an ass wipe or anything like that. I'm talking about strictly people who seem pleasant enough, just a regular, ordinary folk, and you're in a situation where you don't even necessarily want to have the conversation, you didn't initiate the conversation, they come to you and kind of force you into the conversation. And sometimes it's kind of cool. Sometimes you're sitting there talking to the person and you wind up having a conversation with someone and it's a pleasant thing. You're enjoying yourself. You can't get enough of it. This is the greatest, right? And then somewhere along the line, it goes wrong. And you realize you should have checked the gas gauge. What am I talking about the gas gauge? The gas gauge in the conversation is, is very similar to like the gas gauge on your car. You, when you're the driver of the car, you're the only one that can see the gas gauge. The people in the car with you can't see it. They're the passengers. That's why the gas gauge is in front of you because you have the control. And it's the same thing in a conversation you've been dragged into. The person obviously wants to talk to you, but you have no idea what's going on at first. And then they start talking and you're going, oh, crap, let me check the gas gauge here. Now, if they're talking about something you're interested in or they're an interesting person or you're just feeling great that day, the gas gauge is on F. It's full. You can talk to this person all day long. It's incredible. But sometimes they start talking about stupid crap and all of a sudden the gas gauge is at half and then it's at a quarter and then it's at E and you got to get the hell away from them. But the only problem is because you're the driver of the conversation and the person who's been dragged into the conversation, the person who's been tricked into the conversation, the person who's been dragged in kicking and screaming, a.k.a. you, you are the driver because you're the one that decides whether the conversation is going to continue. You didn't go and grab that person. They grab you. Just like just like when you're in a car, it's like somebody riding in your car. You know, you're the one that decides when to kick them out. They didn't get in the car and going, I am now in your car and I'm going to stay in here as long as I want to. And you look at them and go, yeah, I've got a gun. And they say, you know what? I'm going to get out now. That's a good choice because I was about to shoot you. Okay, I'm not talking about that. That's a little too harsh. But you get the point. 
But much like a passenger in a car, the person who engages you in conversation doesn't realize you want to get you want to end it sometimes. Sometimes they can't tell you're done. Right? Because as long as the car is moving, it seems like everything's okay. To the passenger in the car, the car is moving just as good when the gas tank is at full as it is when the light is blinking because you got to go get gas because you're almost empty. As far as they know, the car is going along fine. It's still going at 65 miles an hour. What's the problem? But as the driver, you look down and you see the gas gauge and you're going, oh, crap, we better get to a gas station quickly because this is about to stop. And it's the same thing in lame-ass conversation with d-bags they're running along with the mouth thinking everything's fine and you're looking at the gas gauge of conversation and you're thinking oh shit i gotta get out of here i can't take any more of this crap that's right i said it now that's not necessarily true with everybody with your friends with the people you like and the people that you want to talk to keep in mind they're your friends they also can run on e you know, they can start talking about crap you don't want to talk about, and you can look at the gas gauge. Now, granted, they're friends of yours, so when it's a friend of yours, it's a more efficient vehicle. It runs out of fuel a lot slower. It may be, it may be it's a Prius. It's getting 60 gazillion miles to the gallon. And when, the, and when the gas goes out, it goes on battery power. And then you, that's right, it's a friend of yours, so you don't burn out the gas as much. It's a pleasure to have around them. You have common history. You can talk about stuff for a long period of time. But when the gas runs out on somebody you don't know that well, there's no gas station nearby. You can't switch to something else to make it interesting. You can't rely on past history to make it interesting. The gas station is 400 miles away and you're on E and that's your ass. But with a friend of yours, because you have common history, because you like the person, because you want to talk to the person, because the vehicle of your friendship is so efficient on gas, it's a 400 mile away at the gas station, but you got 700 miles of gas. It's not a problem. And even if somehow you run out of gas, there's always a gas station around because it's your friend. And each gas station is another topic that you can come up with. Once you stop talking about the damn Super Bowl, you can start talking about your wives you can start talking about your girlfriends you can start talking about what you did in college you can start talking about what happened in high school you can start talking about all sorts of crap or you can do something as dumb as wait till he falls asleep and fart in his face to wake him up and now you know what that is ironically that's gas coming out your ass but it's also conversational gas because now you got something to talk about and what you're talking about is how you better not go to sleep around him or he's gonna fart in your face and he's gonna wait until your mouth is open and now you got something to talk about and that's right i said it but it's a weird thing you know because you don't dislike the person that you don't know you just run out of stuff to say and you know you ran out of stuff to say. And you know you want to get the hell out of there. You can see it blinking. Bing, 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 bing. Get this bastard out of here. Bing, bing. He ain't got shit to say. Bing, bing, bing. And then he takes you to another gas station called, I'd like to talk about my ant farm right now. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh-uh, my car runs on gas. And if you're taking, if you're starting to talk about your damn ant farm, you know what you just did? You directed me to a place that only sells kerosene. And you can't run a gas combustion engine on kerosene safely. Nope, can't do it. Sorry, can't stop at this gas station. I gotta find a friend, a friend of mine with a lot of gas. And that's not you, you dumb bastard. <laughs> you know? And that's a weird thing, you know, when you get involved in conversations because some people are the kind of people whose conversation is pretty much linked into whatever you're doing at the time. There's the guy you ride up the elevator with and he'll have great conversation with this guy. But you notice you've never actually had a long lunch with this guy. You've never been to this guy's house. He's never been to your house. You've never talked outside the elevator. The elevator is the exact opposite of a urinal with this guy because if you were standing next to him at a urinal, you wouldn't say shit until you both leave the bathroom and then you'd start talking after you left the bathroom like you were a couple of bank robbers and you don't want people to know that you know each other and then you get outside of the bank or aka the bathroom and you're talking like you were raised in the same house well it's the exact opposite in the elevator in some of these places you get in the elevator with the guy and the moment the door closes you're the best of friends and then that elevator door opens up and you don't even know each other's punk ass you never heard of 
all of a sudden you don't even know who this man is why because he's going to a different place and you're going to a different place and that's what i'm talking about You've had friendships like that, friendships that only exists in specific places. And the moment you leave those places, it doesn't exist anymore. You have a lunch truck friend. You're only going to talk to each other until the plastic wrap around your sandwich is wrapped around your sandwich. But the minute one of you takes a slurp from your soda or opens up your damn sandwich, you don't even know this bastard. Why is he even looking at me? I don't know you. Come on, we all have those little punk-ass friendships that don't last that long. They're only minutes long because, quite frankly, if you have a quarter tank of gas in your car and you're complaining about not having enough gas and you don't feel like going to the gas station, but the person is only asking you to drive to the corner store, which is two blocks away, you've got plenty of gas for that. you got plenty of gas to make that trip, and that's the same thing with these conversations. You're only going to be talking to him in the elevator. He only has to be elevator charming. The other guy only has to be corner store behind the counter charming. The lady behind the counter only has to be cash register charming. The cab driver only has to be seven blocks of driving charming. But all of a sudden, one day you get stuck with somebody that only has elevator charm or cash register charm or cab ride charm and you're stuck with the bastard for an hour and a half and now you've reached minute nine and a half which is one minute and a half longer than this sucker has the possibility of being interesting to you and then you realize oh shit i should have checked the gas gauge this guy so the moment he opened his mouth i started seeing the shit flash because it didn't flash when we rode up on the elevator. Because as I stepped off the elevator was the moment before the flashing started with the gas gauge. I didn't even know it was him that ran out all my gas. But now I know. That's the way it is. Whenever you meet somebody very, very quickly, let them talk for about 30 seconds. And then look at your gas gauge of conversation and see whether or not you want to talk to this bastard. If you look down and you've only been talking for 30 seconds and the conversation gas gauge is already heading towards E, pretend like, get a Bluetooth, put it in your ear, and pretend like you got a phone call so you can walk away from the bastard because you don't want to talk to him. Now, keep in mind, all of this is taking taking into account the fact that the other person is the person whose conversation sucks maybe it's your conversation that sucks maybe it's my well it can't be my conversation that sucks (laughs) i'm so charming (laughs) yes i am shut up but maybe it's your conversation that sucks you ever talk to somebody and watch their eyes get all glassy when you start talking about stupid shit well guess what you know what you need to do you need to make sure that that's right at the moment where you decide knowing that you're a boring tub of shit to stop the conversation because then that guy will know you know this guy seems to understand when he starts becoming a boring piece of shit and he knows to shut his mouth and get the hell away i won't avoid this guy because he knows how to get away from me when he starts to be a loser yeah i said it and everybody out there who has boring conversations and you know who you are if you know your conversation kind of sucks do the world a favor know that you have you're interesting for about seven minutes and leave after six minutes don't make everybody suffer through that crap i had a guy who just absolutely tricked me he starts talking about football and mma my two favorite sports and then somehow eight minutes into the conversation the bastard started talking about his ant farm wait a second how the hell do we start talking about an ant farm, you punk-ass bastard? You tricked me. This was a conversational bait-and-switch. You were doing magic tricks on the other side of the room so I wouldn't look at the conversational gas gauge, you bastard. Because there is absolutely no way you can legitimately go from football and mixed martial arts and UFC fighting and transition into ant farm. There's no way you can do that. In fact, you probably can't transition from ant farm to another ant farm because talking about ant farm sucks. So what I'm saying, folks, is if you know that what you're talking about is starting to board a poor person in front of you, let them have an out. If their body is turned three quarters of the way away from you and they uh, pull out some racing, uh, some, some put on a racing uniform and he's got a guy next to him with a gun and he fires the gun in the air and he starts to run away from you because he can't get away from your punk ass fast enough. Please know that your conversation absolutely sucks. And if you're the kind of person that like me can check the gas gauge real quickly 
buy a Bluetooth, even a fake one, whatever you got to do. Get away from the bastard. Don't allow that sucker to just suck your time up. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not being harsh here, but you know how people can sometimes drink your drink your time like a cold soda on a hot summer day, damn it. You know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you don't know. The person just keeps talking when, they, when it's obvious that you want to leave. You got your body turned away. You got on a hat that says, I'm getting the hell out of here, you boring bastard, and they act like they don't see it. Come on. You're the one that gets in trouble. You're the one that gets in trouble at work if you say I'm in a hurry and this talking about nothing bastard just kind of traps you in a corner like he's going to mug you or something. But the only thing he's stealing is your precious, precious time. Damn it. Your boss doesn't want to hear that crap. You go to work and you say to your boss, I was late because some boring bastard made me sit there for 25 minutes talking about ant farms. He's not going to fire that guy because that guy doesn't work for him. And he doesn't know that guy. And he's your boss. He's probably a little smarter than you. And he probably would have figured out a way to get away from that bastard. No, you're going to get in trouble. It's like when you're driving in a car. I remember one time I was driving some young relatives home. And they had a friend of theirs in the car with them. And I was getting directions to that friend's house which really annoyed me because I didn't know the little person was going to be in the car. And I say little person because I refer to anyone that's a teenager as a little person. I'm not old. Shut up. So they're giving me directions. But unfortunately for me, they're giving me directions as if I was a pedestrian. You can make a left down this street. And I'm going, it says one way. Well, we always go. My uncle always drives left on this street. Your uncle? Well, why is your uncle not giving you a ride home right now? Well, he's got a boot on each one of his tires. Why is that? Because he has a lot of tickets for driving down one-way streets. Okay, you're really not good at putting things together, are you? I'm not going to drive down a one-way street just to get your punk ass home seven minutes earlier. I'm going to go around the block and follow the traffic rules. You know why? Because if I get pulled over, I can't say to the cops, Listen, officer, some jackass kid gave me bad directions. And the cop's not going to go, Really? So some jackass could get... You know, I was going to just say that you're an experienced driver with a clean record and you should pretty much know better than to drive down a one-way street uh, with no traffic, with, when they have no actual lights on this block and you will probably be, be in a head-on collision. But you know what? Because you took driving tips from someone who, who's not even old enough to have a driver's license, I'm going to be lenient on you and not give you a ticket. That's not going to happen. You're going to get the ticket and that kid's going to be going, sorry, sir, and you're going to be the one paying the hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I don't think so. So what I'm saying is, everybody, we have to take it. We have to take control, damn it. Take control of your car. Don't take driving tips from jackass teenagers. Take control of your life. Look at your conversational gas gauge. And don't let those ant farm talking bastards suck your time up. That's right. As soon as it gets to about a quarter tank of conversation, get the hell out of there while your life is still yours. And if your conversation sucks and you can see that that person can't take it anymore, very, very politely shut your boring ass up and leave that person alone that's right as anthony says so segments over you bastards well folks this has been this episode of the s anthony says podcast once again this is episode number 149 i'm going to do episode 150 in the nude which really isn't that big of a deal because it's an audio podcast and you will not be able to tell but I'll be able to tell. Okay, you might be able to tell because of the amount of applause that's going to be going on the moment I strip down and start doing this show naked. <laughs> it's either going to be that or it's going to be parts of my body smacking into each other because I still need to lose a couple pounds. Don't judge me. You're not perfect either. And I want to thank you guys more than anything else for, for hanging out with me. I'm going to be uh, I'm going to thank you even more on episode number 150 uh, because um. By then, of course, the audience will have uh, increased by 10 times. <laughs> it's not going to happen, really, really. Is there any way you guys could make the audience increase by 10 times? You can't do that. I'm sure you can do that. Get to working on that, damn it. You got one week to make this audience 10 times bigger. Do your jobs, you bastards. <laughs> That's too much to ask. Okay, whatever. Just bring somebody back and subscribe to this crap. Uh, this podcast, of course, is a uh, home basis, as Anthony says, dot podbean dot com. The email address is the S. Anthony says podcast at gmail.com. I'm online at on Twitter at uh, at S. Anthony Thomas. 
And uh, the, the Twitter for the, for the podcast is at S. Anthony Says. You can hear this podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes. And get over to iTunes and give me a five-star review. Make sure you write a glowing review about the genius of this podcast, the sexiness of the host, how incredibly smooth and soothing his voice is, and how you can't get along without him. And I want you to do that on Stitcher, too. You can't actually write ratings on TuneIn, but when you can, make sure you do. But right now, you can only watch, you can actually only write, uh, you know, uh, uh, reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Unless you're a part of another uh, uh, podcatcher, in which case you can write glowing reviews on that podcatcher and give me five-star reviews. And please, please feel free to use words like delicious chocolate genius, pod genius, Bigger than Elvis. <laughs> Bigger than the Beatles. What? Who's? No, no, no. Excuse me. This is my fantasy. I will make myself as big as big as I want to. Shut up. Now back to me fantasizing about the kind of reviews I want. An even bigger genius in podcasting than Prince is in music. The Michael Jordan of podcasting. The Tiger Woods before he started banging all of those waitresses of golf but of podcasting yeah just, just all okay i went too far with that didn't i who cares well either it doesn't really matter damn it you like this show or you wouldn't be listening to it and i like you or i wouldn't be doing this so get your butt over to itunes or stitcher or wherever the hell you're listening to this crap and give me some love on those pot just write a five-star review you know uh, come on Come on, if you can listen to an hour and 10 minutes or 12 minutes of this crap, you can spend 25, 30 seconds telling the world how much you love the show and how much you love me. So you know you want to do it, so get to doing it. (laughs) Uh, In all seriousness, thank you very much. It's been 149 great episodes. Uh, I'm going to consider episode 150 the beginning of something new because of... um, because, you know, sometimes you pick like an arbitrary day of the week to start your diet. And you know you've done that. I'm going to start my diet. Let's see, it's February 20th. And I mean, it's only 28 days in the month. So I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat what I want for eight days. And on March 1st, on March 1st, I'm going to start my diet. So right now I'm going to have six pizzas and I'm going to drink large Slurpees. But, I'm go- but on March 1st, man, I'm just going to start off and I'm going to have nothing but water and salads while I do crunches and push heavy stuff while I'm laying on a treadmill. That's what I'm going to do March 1st. March 1st rolls around. Well, March 1st is actually a Thursday, and that means that the week is almost over. So I'm, I'm going to start on Monday. You know how that is. But uh, hopefully we're, we're going to try to do something uh, a little bit e- weirder than normal for episode 150. I don't know yet. I have a lot of notes here that I haven't decided which one, which one of these wacky-ass, crazy, stupid, dopey craps I'm going to put on the episode. But it'll be something interesting. You dig? And I dig you, my friends. Thank you very, very much for everything. I will see you next week. Much love to you all, you sick bastards. S. Anthony. Out.